Hello, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, bringing to you this week a new miniseries inspired by, well, events from yesterday. This miniseries is going to be called The Faces of Fascism, Profiles in People and Organization Active on the Extreme Right Wing Today. This week, I'm kicking this miniseries off by talking about Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson was born in, strangely, San Francisco, California, in 1969. Yes, that's right, a summer of love, baby. He was born to an SF local named Lisa Lombardi and his father, a man named Richard or Dick Carlson. Dick Carlson was a longtime newsman for the United States government, actually. He worked for Voice of America, which was a Cold War-era U.S.-run radio program, you know, like Radio Free Europe, that kind of thing. These were radio programs that were produced by the United States and intended to be broadcast in the direction of people who were living under communist governments. For example, Dick Carlson ran for a long time Radio Martí, which was an anti-communist radio station in Spanish out of Miami intended for Cuban listeners, you know, across the strait. Tucker Carlson was raised by his father after a divorce between his father and his mother, and was eventually raised in a mixed family with his stepmother, who was connected to a major food company fortune. The young Carlson attended a private school on the East Coast and then attended college at Trinity College in Connecticut. He met his now wife, they've been married the whole time, in secondary school, where she was the daughter of the headmaster. They now have four children. After college, Tucker Carlson tried to join the CIA, but was rejected and was encouraged into a news media career by his father. Carlson had apparently been a conservative for his entire life at this point. For example, his yearbook blurb apparently mentions the assassin of Harvey Milk. Carlson started to work in media for a subsidiary of the Heritage Foundation and eventually moved on to write for the Weekly Standard, which is a conservative news magazine in the United States. He made his first big break in print journalism by interviewing then-Republican candidate for president George W. Bush in 1999. He then moved from a career that was largely defined by print media into one that came to be defined up until, you know, yesterday, by television. His first big TV show host job was with CNN's The Spin Room, a very short-lived news program. That one was transformed into Crossfire in 2001. Crossfire, if you don't remember, was a show that featured two right-wing hosts, Carlson being one of them, and two supposedly left-wing hosts. Now, this is as CNN understood the left in 2001. These people were James Carville and Paul Begala, who were, you know, famous neoliberal centrist pragmatist Clinton Democrats. So that was Carlson's opposition. Carlson ran Crossfire along with all these other guys well into the mid-2000s, but it was also the site of an infamous interview with Jon Stewart in 2004. At this time, Stewart was in the midst of his meteoric rise as the host of The Daily Show, and in Don Stewart's appearance on Crossfire, he and Carlson got in an extremely heated and just like honestly beautiful argument in which Jon Stewart skewers Tucker Carlson, Crossfire, and the entirety of news media for, quote, you know, what they're doing to us, like what they're doing to the country and the people in the United States. Stewart was so thorough in his fucking with Tucker Carlson and Crossfire and news media that the show was canceled, basically, because of this interview. 
like honestly google this interview it's really incredible you should watch it in its entirety it's not that long but it's worth every single minute it was also at this point right after the crossfire was canceled that tucker carlson ditched his previous to this trademark bow tie prior to this he wore a bow tie on essentially every single news appearance that he had made after this, he had a short stint on MSNBC. That show was canceled in 2008. And he made a move to Fox News in 2009, where he was ever since. He appeared regularly on Fox's attempt to, like, do a daily show. And this show was called Red Eye with Greg Gutfeld. And he became a regular right-wing talking head on the network during the Obama campaign and the Obama presidency. His role on the network was to be a sort of, like, voice of the extreme right to publicize supposed scandals about then-presidential nominee and then-president Barack Obama, and he's a regular on a bunch of other shows. Additionally, in 2010, he founded a news media website called The Daily Caller with a former colleague called Neil Patel. The Daily Caller pretends to be a sort of neutral platform, but it was really a conservative hack, schlock, and shock expose type thing. Tucker Carlson's big break, though, was after the Obama presidency ended, and this is probably the thing that he's most famous for, and it's possibly the reason that brought you to this podcast today. He got his own show in 2016, Tucker Carlson Tonight. It became Fox News' biggest and most popular show ever. It was already one of the most popular shows when it aired. By 2017, it was the most watched cable show in its time slot. By 2018, it was the third highest rated cable show in general. By later in 2018, it was the second highest rated cable news show in general. And finally, in 2020, it became the most watched cable news show ever up until that point. There was a brief break in its publicity in 2018. Now, on Tucker Carlson Tonight, Tucker was a major advocate for Donald Trump and a partisan against all Democrats of any kind. He was basically filling shoes left by Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly had been a bombastic, huge joke of a personality. This is the person This is the person that Stephen Colbert was initially parodying when he had his own joke show after The Daily Show, The Colbert Report, right? Tucker Carlson was no Bill O'Reilly. He was not, you know, Papa Bear, as Stephen Colbert jokingly called Bill O'Reilly. Instead, Tucker Carlson's energy is sort of like that of a whiny, the smartest kid in class type guy. He also aired terrible statements about the dangers of immigration, misogyny, racism, a bunch of other horrible, horrible shit. The show was also shot in incredible, crazy close-up so that viewers could see Carlson reacting and emoting expressively and often with terrible contempt for whatever it is that he was focusing on. Like I said, the show had its biggest spike in popularity with the 2020 election and also with Tucker Carlson's extremely critical responses and coverage of the Black Lives Matter movement. By late 2020, it had about 5.3 million nightly viewers. Again, the highest rated cable news program ever at that point. Now, Tucker Carlson himself appears to be a neocon and kind of a quasi-libertarian, but with the election of Donald Trump in 2016 and you know even in the early time of the Trump candidacy in 2015, Carlson could really see the writing on the wall, right? He knew that the Republican movement, that the right wing in the United States, was heading in a very much more nationalistic direction. And so that's where he took his coverage. That's where he took his perspective. Just a short list of the kinds of things that Tucker Carlson talked about and the kind of coverage that he gave. 
He intentionally stoked a lot of anxiety about the border with Mexico and Mexican immigration. He aired and repeated Donald Trump's statements about people immigrating from Mexico and the dangers of Mexican immigration and all that sort of horrible, horrible racist nonsense. He is known for cozying up to Viktor Orban in Hungary, Viktor Orban being the prime minister of Hungary and a representative of Hungary's extremely right-wing Jobbik party. Carlson also aired programs about the supposed dangers of George Soros. George Soros is a Hungarian-American Jewish billionaire, which the right wing in the United States uses as a common anti-Semitic dog whistle. So anytime somebody says that something is like a Soros Democrat or a Soros-funded campaign, what they mean is that it is a Jewish-funded campaign. And they're trying to make people afraid of the influence of Jewish people. This indicates that Carlson wanted his viewers to A, see and hear this anti-Semitic dog whistle so that they would know that he was talking about Judaism in a way that could make it on cable news, and B, that he wanted them to admire an, an, an admittedly anti-democratic prime minister, Viktor Orban. Speaking of anti-Semitism, in 2022, Tucker Carlson aired an interview with Ye, the rapper formerly known as Kanye West, and this was during Kanye West's spiral into extreme, open, just like blatant anti-Semitism, like where he would talk about admiring Hitler and hating Jewish people. Carlson said, quote, that many of Ye's beliefs were, again, quote, obviously true. Again, this is Carlson nodding towards anti-Semitism, but not doing anything that would get him canceled. Although, of course, you know, now that writing is on the wall. Tucker Carlson expressed neutrality towards the dictatorship of Vladimir Putin. He said that he condemned the Ukrainian invasion, but also kind of liked the way that Donald Trump had handled Vladimir Putin as opposed to Joe Biden. Tucker Carlson has also aired a bunch of honestly incredible racist remarks, like, like things that are just really surprising to see on television. For example, claiming that the first black female member of the Supreme Court is, quote, ignorant of the law. So that's Supreme Court Justice Jackson saying that she is ignorant of the law. Again, this is a Supreme Court justice. He promotes the, quote, great replacement ideology, the idea that white people are being replaced in the United States, not just in leadership, like, you know, because of affirmative action or something, but literally, like physically. Like he believes that the government is trying to suppress the birth rate of white people in order to increase the number of people of color. He opposes affirmative action. He says that the South African government is racist against white people. He thinks that any discussion of race is itself racism. I mean, like, this is pretty fucking crazy. On the other major axis of right-wing politics, male supremacism, Tucker Carlson also airs a bunch of, like, really impressively radical stuff about misogyny. His criticism of antidepressants is essentially because they he thinks that they have a terrible effect on male sex drive and that that is suppressing the birth rate, again, specifically of white people. He even aired a special about falling testosterone rates in men in the United States, which famously featured a man who advocates tanning your, your testicles, anus, and the space between the two. Tucker Carlson also claimed that COVID was because of China. You know, he, he claimed that the COVID pandemic exists because of the Chinese government. He protested against lockdowns during the COVID-19 pandemic. He protested against vaccine mandates. He targeted Anthony Fauci, etc., etc. And finally, Tucker Carlson, along with a lot of the other people on Fox News, also claimed a lot of falsehoods about the January 6th Capitol invasion of the United States Capitol building and the concurrent attempted coup by Donald Trump and his allies. 
Carlson even claimed at one point that the January 6th attempted coup was a, quote, false flag by the FBI, an effort to scare people into accepting Trump's loss in 2020. Now, all of these extremely controversial statements have made Carlson an extremely controversial figure, even on the right wing. A lot of people, even at Fox News, think that he has gone too far in a lot of these you know, statements and a lot of his coverage. But the fact is that he was the most popular talking head on television ever at the point, right? In 2020, he was the most popular talking head in the United States. His recipe was extremely successful and extremely beloved by millions and millions of listeners. However, it was a little bit less beloved by a lot of advertisers. There was a sort of nadir in popularity for him after a spike in 2016, in 2018, when he lost a lot of advertisers. A lot of those people came back in 2020, but then they went away again after his popularity waned again in the last couple of years, so in 2021, 2022, and finally 2023. Carlson is also involved in a lot of controversies, not just at Fox News, but in general, in the Republican Party and in the conservative movement in general. Specifically, he has been quoted privately saying that he personally hates Donald Trump and maybe even that he doesn't like Trump's politics, but that he is essentially cynically holding on to Trump's coattails and using it as a way to improve his own standing within the conservative movement and get a lot of conservative listeners. Now, the big news that just dropped yesterday, so this was Monday, April 24th, 2023, Fox News said that Tucker Carlson Tonight was canceled and that they were ending their relationship with Tucker Carlson entirely. There has been absolutely no explanation given about this event, which means that it could be about a lot of things, right? It could be about Fox News's recently settled lawsuit with Dominion Voting, which is a company that runs voting machine distribution in the United States. I'll talk more about this on my regular episode on Thursday. It could be about his sort of generalized friction within the leadership of the Fox News network, or it could be because of pending legal action against him as an employer. There are a lot of pending cases against him at, you know, for running his own show, that sort of thing. So it could be trying to distance themselves from that. There are a lot of things that could be going on here. We've also yet to get a response from Carlson about this, a big public one. As of my recording this, this is in the evening Pacific time in the United States on Monday, April the 24th. So we'll just have to see what this means. Now, remember, this is probably not the end for Tucker Carlson. He has been canceled before and extremely publicly with a, you know, like a really, really embarrassing loss to a debater John Stewart, whom he himself, Carlson, was criticizing for not being good enough at being a public speaker, for not being good enough at holding up the values of public education in terms of television broadcasting. So, you know, Carlson is probably going to be back, possibly not with the same standing that he has now, but who knows? He is an extremely successful person at what he does. He could easily take his show on the road, as it were, and go online and still have millions and millions of followers. He could radicalize or he could moderate. We, we, we're just going to have to see what he does. All right. That was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 Minutes of Fascism. That's 15 Minutes of Fascism spelled out in all one word. That's also where you can reach me on Gmail, 15 Minutes of Fascism at gmail.com. 
I'm on Twitter at Hist of the Right, that's H-I-S-T of the Right, and Fascism15. All right, thanks very much, and I'll talk to you Thursday.